Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. It's here. It's yeah. Here. Game week. Finally. Let's game go. Week. Remember college nonsense. Let's get some God. real football. Remember in youth sports when you would practice all summer and then finally it was Monday of game week and you felt like it was New Year's Day. Yep. That's what this feels like. Mm-hmm. We so. finally have a real football game I to talk like about. We've been running suicides about Deshaun Watson <laughs> for the last like. <laughs> Happily months. named. Yep, 100%. Tired. Yep. 13. Oh, 14. my God. Who's not excited about Jacoby Brissett? Well, Woo! let's not go crazy. Where are my Brissett heads at? Mike Polk in the hot seat today. <laughs> um, I want to do a quick plug for the T-shirts. Not that I want to see anybody buy these, but I just told McNuggets this story. I was at a wedding. My niece got married yeah. uh, on Saturday, and there was a group of 25-year-old or so guys, yeah. big fans of the show. Yeah. One of them said he thinks he may have been the first person to order the T-shirt. Nice. As cool. soon as he saw the ad come up. You should have bought them for the everybody at the wedding. I want to buy them and set them all on fire so nobody has to look at 80-year-old Jay. <laughs> You're That's a, what I want to do. I think you're too salty sensitive about that. Sensitive about you're very this. salty. Mike, I'm you, 57. You look very dignified. I'm 57. When you get to a certain point, yeah. you don't want to look 80. Jay. I'm okay looking Jay. 57. Yeah. I just I look, don't want to look 80. Jay, I have a giant head on a tiny body. Hey. Yeah. And I don't care. I love every minute of it. Let's go. That's, so embrace let's the Let's go. I'm embrace name, it. I'm Where name, are they? I'm naming that Denny's Jay. That's yeah. That's Denny's. That, you got the Buckeye card. You get you get sixty. You get fifteen percent off Jay, everywhere. Denny's Jay. Denny's Jay. You, He's eating dinner at four thirty. Dinner at four thirty. I'm there the for the early buffet. Jay, you're still a dreamboat. All the ants in Cleveland love you. You're oh. fine. Oh, wait, Jay, how big it. a gift are you giving at this wedding? Oh, you uh, want to share? Jeez, like, really? That's no, I will. Did I mean, you give her like five grand? Good like, what Lord. happened? No, you know, I don't think I should because there might be other relatives that don't are watching, it, and I don't, don't want anybody. Don't say it. I'm kidding. She's a she's an absolute sweetheart. She's um she's actually my nephew's daughter. Yeah. So I'm her great uncle. That's right. how old okay. I am. Oh wow. Oh yeah. Uh, brilliant girl. Absolutely stunningly beautiful. Just graduated law school. Her and her husband are on their way to a wonderful life. No mention of a guy. You don't like no, a guy? We'll, we'll clap for No, them. I do. His name is Jude. Yeah. Her name is Paige. They're on their way. They're going to have a wonderful life together. And I had a great time. Although I have to say, mm-hmm. the my my nephew was um, a very good athlete, was a uh, longtime football player, had a lot of success. He had a TV, a big screen at this reception, which was lovely. It was a beautiful but There's no way my wife would have allowed that. No, no, no. Zero percent chance. And you're talking about, I got married on December 26th, yeah. 1987. The Browns played the Steelers. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. no. It was, yes. it was horrible. Yeah. Yes. And the ceremony planned. was going on while the game was starting. We were, uh, I got we married on a football just... Sunday as well. Did you really? Yes, in October. Unforgivable. 2010. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and all everybody. My buddies were on their phones. Like, what oh, yeah. You yeah. See, this was pre-phones. Right. They were, they were checking their fantasy scores. Yeah. The Watchmen with yeah. a little screen in it. <laughs> I got married in this. I got married last year in the summer when nobody was doing nothing. Yeah, the that's why you're in your sixth it. marriage by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. That'll count. You're right. Yeah. They, they progressively get smaller. Your next it, one's free, actually. Oh, listen. The next uh-huh. one, no, A-O-P. Invita- no invitations, no pictures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope everybody had a great weekend. Mm, sure. um, it's a long weekend, yeah. and it, I think it's pr- a perfect runway into – 
Oh, well, yeah. We have four days, guys. Four days yeah. to dig mm -hmm. into this matchup. Oh, boy. Big show today. Aditi is going to be on the show. Aditi is going to be the sideline reporter for CBS. Cool. For the Browns-Panthers game. I mean, I don't think you could ask for a better person. That's right. If you're a Browns fan to have on the sideline. Also, Jay Feely, who has long time been for CBS, kind of the special team's third person on the broadcast team. Right. Mm -hmm. Anytime there was a big special team's play, they would go down to Jay, and Jay was great at talking to the kickers before the game, finding out what their range was each way. He knows most of the kickers still. He had a long career in the NFL. He's going to join us on the program. He's now in the booth. He's the Ooh. color man for this game, which uh, good for Jay. I remember when Jay first wanted to get into broadcasting, one of the things he fought was, I'm a kicker. Nobody wants a kicker as a, as a commentator. Mm -hmm. I said, Jay, come in. Show your knowledge on all sports. He used to come mm -hmm. in, and he was eventually worked his way into a fill-in for Skip. So when Skip couldn't be there for the debate table, Jay was in, and he did it a lot, and he did it very well. And I think he's one of the very few guys that's been able to break through. Most of your color guys are big-name players. Mm -hmm. They had great careers. They, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's every once in a while, there's Brad Gretkowski. He's kind of a breakthrough guy, too. Didn't have a great career. Yeah. Um, but he played quarterback. So for Jay, Steve this Pastor. is big. A, yeah, special it's teams special guy, but he was he was cream of the crop, right. crop yeah. special teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not he a lot of special guy, yeah. special teams guys. No, doing they really stuff. aren't. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be on the show. He's going to talk to us. I really want to get his thoughts on Cade York. Am right. I am, am, am I right in? I, I drafted him in my fan, in my yeah. fantasy draft. Yeah, I got him last but round. I hope you didn't take round. him like the fifth round, no, like my very Grant. last round. Yeah, <laughs> that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Also, we are going to spend some time talking about the Ohio State Notre Dame game. Wow, that was too close for comfort for me. I mean, I know Notre Dame's a good team. That's I know my, they put it together late. I but. know we're saving it for later, but that's my problem with college football. Is that Ohio State played the fifth. I know we all thought they were going to win big, but yeah. none of us know crap about Notre Dame. We all just pretended we did. Mm -hmm. They played the number five team in the country. They won by double digits, and everybody's miserable today. Yeah. <laughs> that's I'm not a, that's miserable. I was just, there was, there was a, a two and a half quarter stretch where I was yeah. very concerned. But that's how spoiled we are. That's, that's how spoiled we are. That's really Look how well the defense played. I wanted to win by 32. The Steelers, we were never nervous. We were exactly. great. Hey, we're in this thing. I right. watched, I pretty much watched every single game from start to finish, all college football games. Yeah. And there's a, there was a, a bunch of them. Yeah. I'll tell you, Notre Dame to me played probably one of the best games I've seen somebody play week one. Mm -hmm. They were physical. They they took the air out of the ball. And I thought Freeman first, did a great Marcus job. Marcus Freeman for the first great, great job. I said, "Wow, he and got, I, yeah. they got." And Ohio more. State's defense played great. They gave the long kick return, held them, hold them to a field goal in that first drive. Yeah. They scored one touchdown. That's it. I, After 12 minutes in the second quarter, yeah. they didn't they didn't sniff any points. And Ohio State's defense has been lousy the last couple of years. So I thought that was a really. But good he line. is right. That's all you've heard about since yeah. this is. Yeah, right. everybody's been like, miserable. We'll uh, talk more about that later yeah. in the show. But but really, so what we're going to do this week is each day. We're going to pick a matchup in this Carolina Browns mm. matchup and the Panthers-Brown yeah. matchup, and we're really going to deep dive into that. And today, we're going to put the Browns offense against the Panthers defense. And I've got a slew of questions here. But before I get into the individual questions from you guys, what's your initial thoughts, Browns offense versus Panthers defense? I'm glad you asked me this, Jay, because we got to wrap our heads around this. Jacoby Brissett's not a very good quarterback. Right. We all have to realize that. We can't pretend like all of a sudden he's, we, he hasn't been in the NFL. He's going to be on the Browns. He's going to be great. Okay? But what Jacoby Brissett does well is takes care of the football. And he manages an offense. Yeah. And he's smart. And he's a leader. And guys respect him. So don't expect him. He's not putting up 300-yard games. He's not throwing four touchdowns. But they don't need him to. To beat Carolina, they got to attack the middle of that defensive line and run the freaking football. Anybody who was panicking the preseason is lost. Nick Chubb didn't play. Kareem Hunt didn't play. Amari Cooper didn't play. 
And I don't think David – did David Njoku play? He did play a little. Yeah, yeah, just in the third okay. game. Yeah. Right, right. He had three so, catches. So, yeah. their three best players on offense didn't play. Their fourth best player played a tiny bit. These guys are all going to play and, this You week. didn't even talk about the line. I, and, I think I think the exactly. line just played when Watson played. That's right. In that uh, first – That's right. In that that's first it. game. A for, couple of the guys played the last game, but not Petonio. Right, right. And, yeah, we don't know about Conklin. He may not play this game. That and I'm concerned me. about that. Yeah, that, that's a But you've got to run – Right up the gut, right. right through the middle, attack, attack, attack. Do you have a percentage in mind? What the Browns is it? 65 35. Okay, I got I want 60, a huge 40. run game this week. Okay. Yeah. Mike? Uh, I, I mean, I totally agree with the fact that they have to rely on the run just based on everything that I've seen from Carolina's defense, which I just researched yesterday, so I have no clue and can't remember any of their names. <laughs> I did see that last year they were 20, or Pro Football Focus had them ranked 22nd out of all defenses, so that's promising anyways. I know, yeah. made, I know that they have made some improvements, but I'm scared of what this offense for the Browns is going to look like coming out of the gate for the same reasons that we were just talking about why we shouldn't be as, uh, be as scared as we are, which is yeah. the fact that they haven't done anything yet. They haven't played together. Most of these guys haven't played together in a real game situation not even in a preseason game. Ever. Obviously, Jacoby didn't get as many reps in the preseason as I personally would have preferred, and I think a lot of people would have preferred. We say that Nick Chubb hasn't uh, hasn't played at all, and that's true. We say that uh, Amari Cooper hasn't played at all, and that's true, but that's also a problem, and I think that I think we're going to come out of the gate. The idea that we're going to come out and looking smooth, I'm terrified of what, what this offense is going to look like right when for their first couple of series before they get their feet wet. Yeah. I, I would say the one word is, it's not one word, but second and six. Second and six is good. If you can get four yards on first down, that puts you in a position, you can run anything you want. Jacoby Brissett is, can pass, but you don't want him in predictable passing no. situations. Predictable passing situations like third and seven, third and eight. No, you need to be able to manufacture on first down four to five yards. Second and five is the most advantageous to any quarterback, let alone a quarterback that has yeah. issues throwing the football and receivers that may have issues catching the ball. When you get to when you get to second and six, now you can start your screen game. Now you can do tunnel stuff. Now you can either do little jet motion stuff. Everything's open. Everything is open. It's, it's yeah. twenty. It's the old school Walmart. Everything's open. Yeah. You can buy anything there. But I, that's the most important for for them. And then I looked at that Notre Dame game and, and kind of did just compare. When you are physical and you can run the football, and you continue to chew that clock up, there's anxiety building on the other sideline. Because guess what? If they go three and out and you back on the field and they're handing the ball to Chubb and Hunt, now it changes the complete game plan. And now you're affecting Baker Mayfield by offense. People say offense and offense don't mix. You don't compete against those guys. Yes, you do. If you can keep the ball and put seven on and that other quarterback is on, is three and out or maybe getting field goals, that, that that's, a, that's a complete win for the Browns if they can do that. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I always used to remember when guys, when Brady would play Rodgers, or there'd be a big, you know, Manning and Brady, they would say, well, you know, I'm never on the field. But you're absolutely right. You can affect that other quarterback by how little he gets to touch the grass. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the, the last drive, the, the last scoring drive for Ohio State on Saturday night, they, they got the ball on the three-yard line. They went 97 yards. What we have to see out of this Browns offense is 85-yard, 13-play, eight-minute consuming drives. Mm. If you do that, Baker's never going to get a chance to get on the field and get a rhythm. I was thinking, normally, I, I don't care who wins the toss. I think it's important that the Browns get the ball first because I don't want Baker to touch the ball first 
and have it lead to a score. Yeah. That can be bad because I think immediately everybody's going to be back on. And their I can heels. totally see that happening too. Yeah, can yeah. You totally. I can, I can, I can totally see it happening as well. So I normally don't care about the opening toss. Mm-hmm. I think it's a joke. I would rather get the ball first in the second half, not in this game. I think in this game, because of everything that's happened in the offseason, because of the anxiety that Baker's going to have against the Browns and the Browns are going to have against him, the the worst case scenario I think for the Browns is that he touches it first, goes 80 yards, and it's seven nothing before Cleveland touches the ball. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's going to lead bad. to a loss. I yeah. just don't want that to happen. I, I hear you. that would be bad. I, I I'm okay either way. I do think the defense is going to be pumped up to play against Baker, but I. I hear you. I kind of want the offense to get the ball first, too. And I think, like, we have a tendency as fans to get antsy when the team runs the ball too much because it's such a passing league now. And especially me, I'm always obsessed with the passing game. But this team is just – right now, this team is such – so built to run the ball and run it successfully. And I don't care, and I don't think Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt care. You throw as many guys in the box as you want. We'll take a couple of shots here and there, but I don't care. Nick Chubb breaks tackles better than any running back in football, and that includes Derrick Henry. And I don't care how many guys you put in the box. I don't think the Panthers have enough talent on defense to slow him down. I don't care if they run 13 freaking plays in a row. Until Until they show they can stop it, I'm running the ball all the time. We've we sort of touched on this because I asked you what you think the perfect mix is. You say yeah. 65 run, 35 yes. pass. And that's really sure. heavy. That, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think we've seen a game in the, in the recent NFL history, the last couple of years, where a team has had 65 I, I bet you the Eagles did it last year. Maybe in a weather game. Or the maybe. Ravens. You also haven't it seen. It happens once in a while. You also haven't seen one of your main options being Jacoby Brissett throwing to no. Donovan Peoples-Jones. So I think that can sway hey, that Jay, a little don't bit. Don't forget the... Uh, Buffalo New England game last year in the tornado. Yeah, when New England. Ran I bet the ball. you. I yeah, bet you're right. I think ball three times. Yeah, you're right. You're I right. would so bet that's you a Philly. Game. I would but bet yeah, you Philly did outlier. it though. I bet you Philly. They did may it last have because Philly and couldn't I, throw. I, I think the Ravens have probably done it a couple of times in the last yeah, year. Yeah, it'd be interesting to look that up. But yeah. I, I, this is what I'll say on that, and this is our our segue to the next question. Even though we've kind of touched on how much we think they need to run it compared to passing it, what do you guys want to see from Kevin Stefanski? And G, you can start on this one and work the other way. Um, I, I just want to see a level of creativity, right? I, I want to see a level where, where you can look at it and say, wow, that was a real good wrinkle right there. Uh, and, and when I mean creativity, it doesn't have to be flea flickers and different things like that. I just want to see some different formations that you can put people on an island to get your people easy touches. Whether, you know, it's hard for, uh, you know, Uh, Schwartz to get off the line of scrimmage and catch the football and just, you know, as a regular type receiver. It's kind of difficult. I don't know if you can count on Donovan People Jones to run the entire route tree and be very uh, productive. But what you can do is you can put those guys and isolate them in positions where they can get to where they want to go. And that is their strength, right? If if you can't get Anthony Schwartz a, a deep ball, one of the things that you can do you can run them. You can run the heck out of them, right? You can bring jet motion. You can do reverses. You can do a bunch of that stuff. Move him out of the backfield. So if he's lined up in the backfield, the linebacker has to cover him, not a corner. So you, those type things you can really be creative with. And I think just being creative to a point where you're going to run 60-40, but the formation says, ah, this is a 50-50. Right. Right? So yes. that, that, that's, that's where I would like to go with Okay. It. I agree. I just want the uh, I, I, with uh, that sort of. I re- I agree with sticking to the running game. I think that I want the opposite of creativity, though. In that I just want it, don't no trick plays. 
We had no Wildcats to Jarvis Landry like last year. I know we don't have them, but I'm saying I don't need to right. see any of that until we've established that, you can, that we can actually. Sometimes he jumps the gun, especially early on in the game, and he's like, let's uh, let's throw something crazy out there on You're third right, down. You're right, he does. And, and then next thing, because he's trying to catch you off guard, prove that you can run the ball first, get a lead before you start doing anything. And save the trick stuff for when yes. the game is in the balance and they least expect it. Right. Early on, it's al there's almost an arrogance to doing it when you haven't proven that you can just run a competent offense yet. And I'd like to see competent an offense before I see okay, so the else. basics. You I want the basics. the basics. I, I like I, when, when G brings up creativity. I agree. And one thing he didn't mention there, and I know I know you've mentioned it before using Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb together. We've all yeah. talked about this. We've been waiting for this. Freddie Kitchens had one game <laughs> three years ago where he used them together a lot. Yeah, it worked. It and then he never did it again. And I, I can't even remember Stefanski's he's done it at all. If he has, it's barely ever. I want to see it. I'm not saying we got to see it a million times, but at least see it sometimes. Put Kareem Hunt in the slot. He could be. They will be freaked out. The defense. Yeah. Put Kareem Hunt in the slot. You aren't kidding. They are not. That's being creative without being crazy. Right. Right. You know. That's even smart because he's a great pass catcher and he could be dangerous. But you got Nick Chubb in the backfield. Then I got Kareem Hunt out here. What the hell am I going to do? Mm -hmm. Sure. And then I got Amari Cooper out here. And then I got David Njoku up tight in the line. I, I want them guessing that way. You don't have to get him guessing with trick plays and stuff like that. I mean, you can do that once in a while. But that's what I want to see. Be creative out of your base offense, if you will, with and, you know, mo different motions, different setups, whatever it may be, and and do it that way. But I, I want to see Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb have 40 touches between them. Yeah, I, I, 40. I, I'm glad you went with the number because I was yeah. also going to ask, like, how many touches did the, did the two of them combined have to have? That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. That's more than half their offensive play. I want 25 for Chubb plays. and 15 from Hunt at least. If they get that, then you would think that it's working. Here's yes. what I want from Kevin Stefanski. Commit to the run. Absolutely. Stay with it. Well, I, I've seen in the past where he's talked all week long, we're going to have to run the ball, we're going to have to run the ball, we're going to have to run the ball. First down, they open up with a pass. They try to run on second down. They can't. Now they're passing on third because it's third and long. And so the, this commit to the run game plan led to one carry on second down. And then the other team scores. Now it's 7 nothing, and then the run game's gone. I need him to commit to what they do best. I never team understand is a run that. Game. Why does he? Why does he do that? Do you I guys don't have a theory, really, because we all complain about it. We've been complaining about it for years now, and it's a very common complaint. I mean, it's one of the main things you hear. Why don't you play them together? Why don't you stick to the run? What is it that happens to him? Here's this coach that we brought in for his great offensive mind. Are we the idiots for begging for that? Are we wrong for some reason? I'm just missing it, or is there? I, I mean, in general, in this NFL, you have to throw to win. Yeah. And it's smart in general to throw on first down, but you, in the end, have to play to your personnel. And the Browns have had to run first personnel. Now, when they get Deshaun Watson, I get it. Then it changes. Mm -hmm, you have sure. an elite level quarterback. But with Baker, who's an average quarterback, and with Jacoby Brissett, who's not even average. You have to play to your personnel, and I do agree that they need to do that. What, and be what scares to me about the personnel package that the Browns are going to put out there Sunday, if you're Carolina and you're in your defensive game planning right now, the one thing that you can pretty much, I don't want to say completely take it off the table, but you're not going to spend a lot of time this week focusing on anybody getting behind your defense. Mm -mm. So if you're Carolina, you're going 10, 12 yards and playing everything in front of you. Mm -hmm. Because the passing game is going to be three to five yard quick passes. Mm -hmm. And Joku, I think, will end up being the leading receiver. I do. I think they paid him Good. this money. Yeah. They're going to be anxious to show that they didn't waste that money. And I think they're going to game plan big around him. Those are extended handoffs. Yeah. I, I want to see Amari Cooper catch eight balls for 100 yards. If mm -hmm. he does that, we win. That's yeah. my, you know, that's sure. my circle stat. If I'm going to give one, like a lot of times they'll say, well, if Chubb and Hunt combine for 150, 
if if Amari Cooper can catch eight balls for a hundred yards, and isn't that the guy that he used to be? Isn't yeah. that the guy we need him to be? If he's able to do that, that will soften the the front of the defense and allow us to run the ball. Most and of, I think we win. Most of the time, the reason why they do it is because, generally speaking, in the NFL, you have to throw the ball to run the ball. Um, if you don't complete, but didn't it used to be the other way around? You established the run to right. open the passing lanes. Changed. But but yeah. what happens is now guys are so athletic that now uh, uh, unblocked guy coming free is going to make that tackle now. You couldn't count on back in the 70s an unblocked safety tackling OJ Simpson or or Jim Brown or they're not just not, not going to do it. Nowadays, what they're doing is they got so many people in, in the line of scrimmage that they can say, all right, we're going to eliminate that. So what you have to do is we got to throw people off the line of scrimmage. So you need about five to six throws, five to six, preferably 12 to 15 yards. And what that does, it makes the defense respect you and say, well, we, we we at least have to watch the intermediate. We can't game. cheat up on the. We run. can't do intermediate. We got to at least watch the intermediate game because Amari Cooper's killing us right now right. with these little short these these digs. But the thing is, the all year you're going to tell yourself, how are the Cleveland Browns going to outsmart people who they know only have one dimension that's dominant, right? How are they going to get creative every single week to say, hey, I, you know we're running the ball, we're still going to run it, but we're going to do it and be right. successful. When you look at the the defense for the Carolina Panthers, I, I don't think they don't do anything particularly well. They don't, I, I don't think they're going to be the Browns are going to say, well, we we absolutely won't be able to do this. So I think everything is on the table. If the Browns can throw the intermediate passes, the one thing I don't think we'll see is the deep ball just because the quarterback isn't built that way. But when you're Stefanski and you're looking at that defense, are, is there a particular area that you're going to attack the most? Are you going to go after the corners? Are you going to try to make the linebackers be able to stop Chubb on one touch? What? What? How? How are you coming at that defense? Well, I want to. I want to isolate the linebackers. So one of the things that I always love um, is the fact that you, when you do certain motions, you can figure out what the linebackers doing, whether they're in zone, whether they're a man. And what I want to do is the great thing about the Cleveland Browns running game is it's multiple. You go back to a couple years, they don't just run zone, they run stretch, they run uh, zone blocking, they'll do double team and move up to the linebacker, they'll run gap schemes, they'll run traps. One of the things that really, if, if you're multiple in the way you're, you're going about your running game, I would like to see the linebackers running sideline to sideline, sideline to sideline. And, and handoffs can be screens. To me, the screen game is something that Stefanski is really great at. So you mix in the screens, you mix in the RPOs, you mix in the tunnel and bubble stuff. I think all those are counters run plays. So if you can get guys and, and have their eyes moving left to right, left to right, then you can start isolating and say, oh, you move too far. You two steps, you can't get in your gap. And now we're up in the middle. We, right. got, thir- we got 12, 13 yards. So use that to set up yeah. other things. Mm-hmm. You can use that to set up. So that's what I would like to see. If they can get the linebackers to, to take the bait and say, oh, I'm worried about going left to right instead of worried about north to south, I think the Browns' running game could be dominant in this game. I love that these plans that we always have before the game, they always sound so great and everything, and then <laughs> get into that. And then somehow it's it's like three and out, and he, you know, one of the worst throws you've ever seen. Or I, I'm really – I'm just horrified by the start of this game. Should I be? Am I being just too Cleveland Browns? No, there's yeah, a lot. There's you're a being lot. Cleveland Browns. I am. Yeah, right. but, but, but I, I need say, to hear it from in, friends. In his defense, there, there's a. This is not 
first of all, we have the 119 and one or whatever we are. Mm -hmm. One and nine. I don't know what the, what the hell it is. We have we've won once an opening I think it's day. It's 21. I think yeah. it's, there is a tie. Okay. They tied with the Steelers. Yeah, I think a few so. Years I think ago. they're yep. 119 and one. Yep. yep. So number one, it, it's a big game mm -hmm. because we got to get that monkey off our back. We just have to. Number two, it's against Baker Mayfield. Yep. And the last thing this fan base wants to do is have to start explaining to fans of other teams why we gave up on the guy that just kicked our ass. We don't want that. We don't right. want to have to go down. So, and I know it's one game. Nobody's going to overreact, but it's one game oh, and everybody always overreacts. Over everybody's going to overreact. So, overreact. so we Starting don't want to go good. there. Yeah. Start, you got to well, start, start fast. In the game huge. and in the and season. And another important thing is, let's face it, the middle of the schedule from weeks like, Five or six to eleven it's brutal. is brutal. This Real is a man. winnable game. If you're going to have a, lot a of chance those. to give, if you have a chance to give Watson a chance to get you to the playoffs, you've got to win three of your first four. Absolutely, couldn't agree and, more. And so, so you got. This I think is huge. Mike is justified in being very, very. Sure, nervous the Panthers are favored and, in this game. And only, yeah, you're, and only based on everything I've ever seen since 1999. <laughs> right, this right. is what I'm basing it on, by the way. This yeah. Is, yeah. I'm not plucking this out of the sky. I'm not being a negative, Nelly. Yeah. I believe in math. And so far, mathematically, yeah. it is not it is not going well for the Browns. But remember this, game. guys. Remember last year, the Browns made a lot of additions to their defense. And how bad was their defense at the beginning of last year? It was year? terrible. Yep. It was okay? terrible. The Panthers, they were number two last year in yards against, but all their other statistics, including the PFF grade, mm -hmm. which you said, point to their defense not being very good. They made a lot of changes to their defense. They did bring in a bunch of veterans. I think they yeah. have five new starters on defense. And okay. that takes time. That takes time. Yeah. I yeah. think their defense is good. You talk about, well, our defense hasn't gotten a lot of reps and whatever. Now, I don't know how much their defensive starters mm -hmm. played in the preseason. Probably more than our offensive starters did. But the regular season is a whole new ball game. And when you bring a lot of new starters that have been at other teams, one guy from Minnesota, one guy from Jacksonville, yeah. they brought in a, a defensive tackle from San Francisco. When you bring all these new guys to a defense that wasn't very good and guys are learning their their roles that's tough yeah and so that's a challenge for them and that's something the Browns could take advantage of they're some of the, their new starters at every level now some of those guys are good players but they in the first played week, together they haven't played together yeah but one thing that makes me nervous Brian Burns is their best pass rusher yeah mm -hmm. and if Jack Conklin there you go Brian Burns right if Jack Conklin doesn't play if I'm the Panthers I'm lining up Brian Burns against whoever's playing right tackle. That's exactly what they'll do. And that's a yeah. that's a problem. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a potential issue. Well, I mean, the Browns have that same mismatch. They've got they do. Miles Garrett going against a rookie. Right. And, you know, you, you would should destroy him. They're, they're going to. And, and we'll, later in the week, I think tomorrow, we're going yeah, we'll to go Browns defense yep. against um, against the Panthers offense. Let's try to mythically pick a number. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this can be dangerous. But how many points do you feel the Browns offense has to score for them to come home one and zero, I think it's going to be grossly. I think it's going to be a gross-looking game, and I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Doesn't it do. just sound like the Panthers-Browns Week One game should end like twelve to nine or something like no, that? No, I wouldn't be surprised. I could see that. So I, I'm going to. I'll. I don't think they'll have to score all that much, probably, because I just think I think that it's going to be a real sloppy, ugly game. You think and seventeen gets it done. Yeah, I, I think 17 points. Well, yeah, I mean, I think 17 points will probably get it done. I think it's going to be a gross game. So, yeah, I think that will probably get it done. Uh, I'm going to go with 21. I, 21. Tw 21 gets it done. I would go with 20, but I, I like a nice round number of 21. The reason you not you got to get 21 points is you got to expect, you know, Baker may come out and get a drive. He may hit, he may hit a couple plays and you get a drive. They do got Christian McCaffrey, right? So, my thing is, 
if you could get three scores on the board, you can make sure that you got those three touchdowns. If you can keep the Panthers from uh, from playing from behind, right? And and this is why I, I like what you said about starting fast. When when you're playing for a new team, you don't have any continuity. You don't have any all all of that uh, that that goodwill isn't built up, right? Mm-hmm. And so usually, if you're playing for a team and, and you start off a little slow, people say, "Hey guys, we'll pick it up. Let's do it." But now Baker's at a different team. If he starts off slow, you want Baker Mayfield to press. You want him to think mm-hmm. he has to make a play. You want him to make it think his head. He, he has to. I got to do it. This ain't working. Mm-hmm. Let me let me squeeze That's where the this turnovers yeah. come. Build that pressure. I'm never going to sell any t-shirts at this rate. Right. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy these. I'm going to wear house full. I ain't never making that money back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Off the leash. <laughs> you you want you want him to think he got to make a play and that he's a playmaker. Yeah. And that switch happens a lot with him. But you got to put that pressure on him by saying, Hey Baker, you you down 14, third quarter. Yeah. Hey Baker, you're still down ten. It's third quarter. This is the fourth quarter, Baker. What are we yeah. doing? Yeah. So that that type of atmosphere, that type of of mentality is going to be key in this game. So I say 21 points. Make them play from behind. Bull, how many? 18 points. Wow. So I'm score. I think the Panthers are going to score 17. So the Browns need 18 to All win. Right. I got good. the Browns winning this game 20 to 17. But I guess I should have saved that for the end of the week. But uh, I like. But yeah, I think the Panthers are going to score around. I mean, I I, I would expect. The total score of this game to be somewhere from the low 30s to the high 30s, yeah, right? I'm Maybe 40 at the most. I'm, I'm right. with you guys. I don't think yeah. they're going to put a lot of points up. It's early in the season. Yeah. Hell, the Browns' offense when when they come on the field, it will be the first time since well ever because they've got a new quarterback. Yeah. That this group has ever run a play together <laughs> in a football game, right? Including the preseason. That, when you that, put it like that's that, that's terrifying. That yeah. kind of gets me a little bit. Well, yeah, that's terrifying. But it is it the same bit. for the Panthers? Did Christian McCaffrey play in the preseason? I'm not sure if he did or not. I don't know. I don't McCaffrey think he did. did not play in the preseason. Yeah. And if anyone wants to know, or before I tell you, guess, what do you think the over-under in Vegas for this game is? I'd say 38. Close. 49 and a half. 40. G. Bush is the closest. That's fine. I'll, I'll go 41. And Mike Polk wins. It's 41 and, and a half. For an NFL game, that's, that, that's low. It's the lowest on the board it, this it, week. It used to be, you know, 41 was. Yeah. Middle was, of the road. Yeah, yeah. now 41 yeah, is like, wow, know. that's a yeah. low. Yeah, I Lowest on the board. Yeah, it is lowest on the board. That's interesting. What is the uh, what is the highest? Is it Rams Bills? Uh, give me one sec, but I have to imagine that is. By the way, I mean you think about this this first game two nights from now, Rams Bills to start the season, which is great. Okay, how wait. about how this is how good Vegas thinks the Bills are? They were a three point favorite against the Super Bowl champs on the at, road at, at L.A. Wow, is that amazing? Now, all, all things being equal. There are tough road crowds. Yeah. LA isn't one of them. No, it is not. But still, it's mm-hmm. usually a three-point right edge for the home team, and I think that's what we're seeing in the Carolina game. I think the reason they're right. favored is because Vegas always recognizes that the home team will have a three-point advantage. But right. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm surprised the Panthers are favored by two and a half. A lot of, I think a lot of people have bet up the Panthers because they think Baker, a lot of people hate the Browns nationally right mm-hmm. now. Yep. And I think people think Baker's going to go and kick the Browns' ass. <laughs> Because the line shouldn't be that big. Because because by saying it's three points, you're basically saying these teams are even. And I think even with Jacoby Brissett, the Browns top to bottom are, are definitely a better roster. The line has dropped to one and a half oh, for the really? record in the Browns. But, oh, wow. When did that Panthers happen? Game. This how morning did, it was. How did we get better yeah, since well, last night? Whose line I'm is looking that? at sportsdata.com right now. Tipico Sportsbook. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I, for the record, both the Las Vegas Raiders, LA Chargers game, and the Rams, Bills game, is 52 and a half as the over under high. And that's the high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, I, I think the, the news when the Browns went out and got a right tackle, even I, I don't, 
I would not be surprised that if Jack Conklin did not play. I'm not expecting him to play. I, I'm, I'm not, not expecting I'm not him expecting to play. he'll be out there. Um, and that that is another reason for me to not sleep Saturday that's night. That's pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. that is Can very scary. Can I ask you guys a question about that real quick? Sure. If he doesn't play, and G. Bush, maybe you might be the best person to answer this first. How does that affect the run game for the Browns? Do they avoid running to his side of the field knowing Brian Burns will be lined up against there and we're going to see them run heavily to Jedrick Willis' side? Or does that really not affect how Kevin Stefanski will call running plays against the Panthers? Well, this morning we talked to uh, Joe Thomas on the Locked On Browns podcast. Matter of fact, if you even, Look at that. If you're not if you're not on the Locked On Browns podcast. What are you our, doing with your life? Come on, man. Come on over there. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Get it together. <laughs> but Joe Thomas said when you look at the, the PFF grade for Conklin, he is the best outside zone tackle in the game when you look at it what he what he what he grades on those run plays and so because you, of his play on be, the run yes that you know mm-hmm. you look at what he's able to do an outside run and outside zone plays it just makes the Browns that much of a better team because now they got an elite pooler and teller they got uh, they got awesome guards they got guards that can, are road graders that can do a lot of things and on the outside you can still run the outside plays so without him being there it limits you a little bit uh, in what you can do. You got Hudson that's going to be a guy that's going to be out there. He had a lot of holding penalties. And one of the things that I don't want to see, and I think this could happen a couple times in the game, where Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt break a long run. Mm-hmm. And, and, back. and backside, he grabs the guy when you don't yep. need to back grab yeah. him. Let him go. Like, Do you have confidence yet in Hudson? Because I do not. Is, no. Do we know that for sure that it's Hudson and not uh, Hubbard that's going to play? It could be it could be. One. I don't think they... Well, what's the depth chart show? Make They're nuggets. both listed as. Yeah, I don't Hubbard's, think it says. I don't think. I don't think anybody has come out and said if if not. I Conklin. mean, Hubbard was hurt last year, but he's a veteran. Now he struggled when he's played here, yeah. mm-hmm. and he's he was a starter in Pittsburgh for a while. I think like, the point is, if Conklin's not there, the drop off is. It is a drop off. I yeah. think I'd rather go with Hubbard, though. I don't know. You know, I'm not in camp. I'll be interested to see what it is because they, you yeah. know, Hubbard is kind of their swing guy. He's yeah. played all the positions, but I think it, it hurts a little bit. So you know especially offsides and different penalties, especially if you break a long run, you, you always, and we talked about it, you want to stay uh, ahead of the change. You don't want second. This team is going to make you want to, you know, walk out into traffic blindfolded mm-hmm. if they're second and 20. The first and 15, second and 20s, the yeah. third and 11s, it's not going to be fun watching this team because they don't right. have the capabilities of picking those up. Who, feel, I, who feels ahead. better if Treader's here right now? I mean, I do. I yeah. just do. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, are we gonna, I know, but are we going to regret that? He didn't have to. I mean, yeah. we, he didn't did, have to. How, how, how long before we regret that? First quarter? I've already regretted it. I said it. I, I said it. At I've the end been of a, camp. I haven't liked it the whole Why time. Why aren't they on the phone? Especially when Nick Harris got Once hurt. Once Harris obviously. went down, what, what I, I would have been on the phone that day with his agent trying to figure out a deal. So what happened? What do you think happened, really? I Anybody? think egos got involved. I think there was some personal feelings. Get over it. Yeah. I know. That was stupid. Look, I mean, if you if you want to get right down to it, it's. It's a similar thing that the reason Baker isn't here. Yeah. Yeah. Baker got his feelings hurt. I can't right. play for these guys now because I'm not their favorite. Yeah. So he came out and asked for the trade, and then the bridge was burned completely. How about just the Browns, though? Why Don't be like a 16-year-old girl in high school about Agreed. this. Agreed. Yeah, like but if that's who they are. And this is also the team that's just like, <clears throat> you know, Deshaun Watson, we know you got a few foibles, but you can join the team. But that J.C. Treader, we don't like his attitude. Yeah. I, I mean, what? That yeah. doesn't make any it, sense. It is dumb. Grow up. I think it is personal. I do think that factored in. Well, if you look at the, he had a Sports Illustrated article, he said that he was willing to take a little more. A little less, excuse me. Yeah. Um, he wasn't asking for any crazy amount of money. I just think, you know, the whole thing about him being 
and the president of the Players Association. Not only the Browns didn't really call him, he said he didn't get calls from any yeah, of Yeah, the Browns in particular were pissed it's about. It's low-key collusion. As yeah, far yeah, as yeah, crazy. Crazy. It, it, it is really shady, and they would have been better off. But JC's the kind of guy, though, that I don't be surprised if you hear a lawsuit filed down the road. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's probably deservedly so. And Look at his history. And, and why is he not on this team? Yeah, right you're going to tell we're me signing that people all 32 said, no, we're good. Yeah, right. That's, we need no depth. But he was still a top 10 center in the league last year. I know. Year. Right. Look at his grade outs. Yeah. So, there's so no, I, but, don't, I don't get it. But getting to the right tackle thing now specifically, I, the more I think about it, like, I am worried about the holding penalties. And I think a young player like Hudson, who has very little experience starting, as opposed to a veteran in Hubbard, who, if I remember correctly, hey, he hasn't played in two years. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, was was he's not great, but he's. I think I think I remember him being better against the run than mm-hmm. than than for, or better on in the run than the pass. And I would to your question before Jay, I would run. I find with a lot of pass rushers, especially young aggressive pass rushers like Brian Burns of Carolina, who kind of came into his own last year. I like to kind of run at those guys. You know, you like do. I don't want to run at a Jadavion Clowney because he's a great. Mm-hmm. run defensive end sure but for a young aggressive pass rusher g right like he's thinking about getting to the quarterback and killing you in the backfield i like attacking him quickly i like that right yeah you can't put my coach used to always say hey you got to work the first two downs to get the opportunity mm-hmm. to rush the to pin your ears back right yeah and if they in second and five you ain't never rushing the passer because you always got to think run second and five second is that's that's a run down and it's hard. To, it's hard to rush the passer when somebody's firing out you, hitting you in the face. Yeah, and you got to get off blocks. I, I love that. You, you definitely have to run at guys. McNuggets has a point. Yeah, we got breaking news real quick. Two Ooh. pieces of breaking news. First, from Mary Kay Cabot, the Browns have signed Jordan Kunasik to the practice squad. Finally. Big I mean, time really? News. That's breaking news. Second piece of breaking news. Better be better. Aditi Kinkabala. Is oh, now it's such us. better news. Oh, awesome. Good. Such okay. better news. You embarrassed yourself with that first bit of news. <laughs> you redeemed yourself, McNuggets. Aditi, are breaking you still trembling from that schmuck? first piece of breaking news we just Aditi, heard? Aditi. I, you know what's funny is Mikey said new breaking news, and I picked up my phone to be like, oh, my gosh, what did I miss? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some schmo on the practice squad. <laughs> what, what, does anybody even yeah. know what position this guy plays? No. You well, have any heard of him? Great oh. hair. Oh, okay. Now we've got him. Now we've got him. No, but at least Mikey's on top of it. Are you ready? Are you ready? I am. I am <laughs> ready. She just Where's doesn't share your well, enthusiasm. Not, not matching Bull's energy thinking, today. No, no, no. I was listening to what you were saying, and I was thinking about the fact that the Panthers did indeed go ahead and just sign a veteran defensive lineman that they hope can play both end and tackle, someone that they'd seen during the right. Patriots, the joint practices with the Patriots. But it's an interesting idea to go after a young pass rusher. Yes. And the magic, I think, of the way the Browns run the ball is that there really isn't a weak spot, though. You know, like I really do think that they can run any which way. Mm-hmm. I do, but we are nervous because mm-hmm. I don't. It sounds like Jack Conklin's not going to play. That's that's our assumption is that he won't play this week. So we are nervous about right tackle. But I feel like if you have you and you know, I was saying I don't know if you heard this part of Didi, but I was saying that because you know the guy who fills in at right tackle will either be the young guy James Hudson. Or a guy you know from Pittsburgh, Chris Hubbard, who's a great guy, a real yeah. smart guy, and he's a veteran-savvy player. He's not a great player, but I'd go with him, and if I run at Brian Burns, I don't need Hubbard to hold up as long, right? Because if I'm going right at him, I just need Hubbard to hold up for a shorter period of time if I'm trying to go the other way. And, you know, I don't know. once I get past Burns, I'm okay with that. So, I don't know. What do you think of Hubbard? I mean, you maybe. You know, up? it's interesting – 
but it's also interesting talking about the young the young guy versus the savvy veteran. You know, yes. the savvy veteran, you don't expect to make the same mistakes. You don't expect to have kind of the jumps, the false starts, the right. things like that, or the to whole. be surprised by anything. But a young guy brings a different kind of hunger as well and doesn't necessarily know what he doesn't know. You know, mm. and it's it's sort of like everything I'm reading right now, I'm really fascinated. The matchup I'm actually fascinated about is flip it the other way. It's the Panthers rookie left tackle out of NC state versus miles Garrett. And you listen to what he says. And part of it is like, what is he going to say? Is he going to sit here and say, Oh yeah, I'm shaking in my boots because I'm (laughs) facing pro. No, but he's like, you know, I don't have anything to do with somebody asked him, like, if you had your druthers, would you rather face like kind of a regular defensive end before you face maybe one of the two best in the game? He's like, I don't get to make the schedule. I don't get to plan who I face. Like, all right, throw it at them, basically. And it's kind of like he really doesn't know what he doesn't know, which is almost better. He'll know it early. For the record, whoever asked that question (laughs) is an idiot because that's a stupid question to ask a player. And number two, this rookie's going to get his ass kicked by Miles Garrett. Do you agree? Um, I don't know how much help they can give him. Matt Rule has talked about the Panthers coach. Matt Rule obviously has said, we'll give him a running back. We'll give him a tight end. We'll have him chip. But this is why he's here is because he's supposed to do it one-on-one occasionally. And by the way, let me remind you, if they're sliding a lot of help Miles Garrett's way, then why wouldn't Clowney feast? Yeah, 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 exactly. Clowney's had maybe – the best spring he's ever had or the best off season, the best training camp he's ever had. And we keep talking about how happy he seems and what a difference that can just mentally make. And that, and that's why he's here. I mean, if you want to, if, if you decide it's a pick your poison, if you decide that you are going to double or chip and do whatever you can to slow down miles Garrett, the other side is that they've got a monster over there too. And he could end up having a huge day. I think that's a large part why he wanted to come back to Cleveland his numbers are going to look a whole lot better playing in this defense, right. playing on the other side of Miles Garrett than it would somewhere else that didn't have that doesn't have the quality of of a defensive end on the other side. So and he it, made that point when he was first signed last year, Jay. Right? Remember, like people thought, was that a knock on JJ Watt when he said he's never played with anybody like a Miles Garrett? But I mean, he was on the record saying that, and then he actually lived it. And the two of them, not just are so wonderful on the field as compliments to each other, as supplements to each other, but they really get along very well and enjoy playing with each other. So I think that there's something to that as well. In this Panthers line, look, the Panthers went and tried to shore up their offensive line in the offseason, but they've got some questions too. I don't know yet if Bradley Bozeman, who you know we all know from Ravensland, is going to be able to play at center. I don't know what that necessarily means. I mean, they have some new pieces on that line, and – have you guys talked about the Baker Mayfield shirt yet? Did I miss oh, that yeah. whole conversation? No, I, was, I, was, I yeah. was just going to get to that, Aditi. <laughs> now, I, I, I will say this. I'm the like, shirt... I, I want a piece of that conversation, uh, G. Well, Come on. <laughs> well, here we go. Well, that shirt, actually, I don't really have a problem with a shirt. It talks about him being unleashed. Let me ask you this question. Will he get be unleashed and what the Panthers are going to run offensively? Um, you go back to, to Oklahoma and shotgun a lot. He was he was spread out, uh, not too much play action. And Baker, you know, in his mind, feels like that's the best way he plays the game. Do you feel like he's going to be unleashed in his offense, or are you going to see more of the same, um, you know, play action, boot type stuff, conservative play calling uh, for Matt Ruler in the Panthers? I th- so let's not forget that ostensibly the Panthers' best offensive player is Christian McCaffrey. Right. I mean, 
DJ far. Moore is a very fine player, but Christian McCaffrey is their best player. So why would you not use your best player? And they went and got themselves, again, using the term shoring up, shored up that running back room to give McCaffrey some help. And I think that we've seen that Baker, as much as he may have an idea in his head of where he's best, where he has been best in the National Football League against National Football League defenses, is in that play-action pass game. 100%. I, I, I read off the leash more as like, a, hey, I'm off the leash, I'm off the dog pound, I'm out of there. I think that's why you see the collar. Yeah. The it's not a deep metaphor. Collar. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's really not, not seeing it as, hey, my game is unleashed. But uh-huh. again, I haven't had my meetings yet down there, so maybe there's more for me to learn. I don't think that what we've seen thus far, though, is a – you know, backyard, schoolyard type of football where Baker gets to do whatever the heck Baker wants to do. How do you feel about him releasing that T-shirt, though? I just, I can't get over, like, it is Baker, and that is who his personality is, and he has that edge, and we've talked about this, we talked about it last week, how people within the Panthers organization have told me how much they like that edge, but... Oh my goodness! Why would you welcome an even bigger Thank target you. on you? Because that's who he, you said it. That's who he had. He's such a phony. Because the day before, he's throwing Cynthia Freeland under the bus, saying he didn't say yeah. what she what he said, and he's like, "You all want me to say it because you all hate me, even though half the media kisses his ass all the time." Mm-hmm. And then the day later, he he's hyping up this shirt. He's a free. I don't yeah. care about. I think the shirt's funny, but I I think it's ironic. He's just such a phony. Because the day before, he's like, yeah. oh, I'm not saying anything You know what's funny is a member of the Panthers organization sent me the screen grab of his Instagram post. And, you know, underneath it says, like, liked by such and such and a million people. Mm-hmm. The name on the screen grab that I was sent was liked by Deshaun Watson and gazillion people. <laughs> oh, that is so layered. That is so layered. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, there's a lot. really But is. Aditi, uh, you know, to Bull's point, Bull, you're saying that 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 he's that he's a phony, but this is exactly who he is. He's manufacturing. Right. Let me say he's a liar, I mean, not a phony. Okay, because you, you, he you threw Cynthia that, Freeland but... under the bus. Mary Kay reported something about him over the winter. He called her a liar. She was 100 percent true. He does that all the time, and he's making it seem like everybody's out to get him. And that's, that's what he does. Case. That's why he's not a phony. He's being genuine to who he is. He is creating drama. He is creating a reason for him to be the underdog to make the chip on his shoulder even bigger than it already is. Yeah, but is. You, don't, you, don't, you don't make yourself right. an underdog by making a promotional shirt talking about how essentially suggesting that you're going to beat your old team in the first game. That's he, not, You don't get underdog he intensified he the glare. both ways. He intensified the glare of the spotlight, and that's what he wants. But he wants it both ways. He wants to be like, uh, I don't know where all this is coming from. No animosity here. It's just another game. And then he's like, but buy these T-shirts where I'm making fun of my old team. Yeah. They're, one, they're overcharging. And how Adidas. much money could he possibly be making on it to be, for this to be worth? No, it was this was this was for the exhale. That's why I did this. He, it wasn't a money grab. Yeah. This is for the, the money. show he, nature. I mean, I would say I was on the radio yesterday here in Pittsburgh, and we were kind of talking about you know the way that CBS or the way any network dis- designates its games, right? Sure. And so, like for my purposes, we're talking about me and what crew I'm a part of for week one and week two, and you know there is the A crew, that is Tony Romo and Jim Nance and Tracy Wolfson, and there is the B crew, and that's Ian Eagle and and Charles Davis and Evan Washburn. And the radio host I was on with said, 
I really don't believe that the Panthers Browns is the fifth or sixth or seventh game. He's like, if you think about storylines and you think about juiciness, mm-hmm. isn't I, that the juiciest game in the I, NFL? Without question, <laughs> without with, without question, I couldn't agree more with you. But you know, you, your reaction—it's so funny. It was mine. Do you know what? When, when things like this, things like this have happened to all of us. Um, when, when you left the NFL Network, when I left ESPN, I had a million friends of mine tell me, "Dude, you know what you should do? You should tweet out this." And it's funny, and everyone laughs, and I'm like, yeah, but I would never do that. Baker did it. Like, yeah. Baker just said, yeah, I co-signed this T-shirt. Let's get this thing out there. It's a great right. idea. I think his biggest problem so far in his career, and it will probably be his biggest problem moving forward because I don't see any signs that he's willing to divorce himself of that. He's surrounded himself with bad idea people. I, I, I firmly <laughs> believe that, and I know you probably know some of them, but some I, of I mean, I texted somebody yesterday to say, who is advising Baker Mayfield? Yes. I mean, <laughs> it's goal number one, right? If goal number one this season is to show that he is indeed grown up, that he is indeed a mature professional leader of a football team, that he can indeed bottle that fieriness to create a consistency every single week, that he is somebody you want to be the face of your yes. franchise. yes then okay, yes, this is what you need maybe to get yourself going. You know, like, come on, haven't we all? Jay, at some point, I'm sure something great happened after ESPN where you were like, hi, ESPN. I mean, I know that I got my assignment for week one where I'm a sideline reporter on CBS. There was a moment that I said to my agent, hi, my old boss, you know, like, sure, it's the nature of the game, but those are private moments. That's not like, (laughs) hey, everybody, let's throw it out there. And that's the piece about Baker is that why does he need people talking about him? Why does he need people publicly doubting his moves or doubting his personality to get up? Why not just be up? Why is the challenge? You know, big deal. Didi, I, I I don't think people say mature and do different things. I, I don't think he can do anything else. That's so he is. That's his DNA. Sometimes you he rode that horse as long as he could. He's thinking to himself, I'm undersized. I may not be the greatest of all time. I might not be the best quarterback, but what I have is this this mentality that I am the best. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to go out on the limb and say whatever I feel like it because that's what got me to where I'm at. I won the Heisman doing it. I, I ain't even supposed to be the number one pick. I got to be the number one pick doing it. I don't know any other way to do it. It's Maybe worked that, for That's him. him. It's, it's worked. worked. But, it's but Aditi, you're right. Like, th- I, I think the goal was to fly under the radar. And to me, and he t-shirt. had for a lot of the He, he was doing okay. And then yeah. he right. blew up the radar with the t-shirt. McNuggets is Jay And Feely that's on? what's so crazy, Jay, because the whole thing with Cynthia Freeland sharing what was ostensibly a private exchange. Right. It was so jarring because we hadn't heard or seen anything of even that nature right. or that tone. Yeah. And you almost felt for Baker a little bit that he's been very careful, that he's been very contained, that he's made sure that hasn't gotten out there. And then with no malicious intention by Cynthia, this thing kind of all of a sudden, it's like Baker is Baker. But then the next day he yeah. shows us no, By my no, spite merch. Nothing to do with bad luck. Baker is Baker. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He well, I think he figured he did the horse is out of the barn, yeah. so screw it. Here's my yeah, right. T-shirt. Right. No, those T-shirts were not made in one day, Jay. No, they I know. Not I know. I know. Hey, um, uh, you're, you're one of your your broadcast partner um, for Sunday's game, Jay Feely, is on with us right now. Jay, of course, a longtime kicker in the NFL and a longtime 
uh, co-worker of mine and friend of mine. Jay, it's great to see you again. Um, you're sharing the screen with Aditi, uh, just like you will be on Sunday. Jay, I, I gotta, I gotta correct Didi though. I think we're the A team, just personally. <laughs> yeah, <Our baby>. crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we don't we need Tony Romo. Now, we, that's that's, that's, that's right. Romo's annoying. Let's all admit it right now. <laughs> Come He's on, you're putting annoying. him in a tough spot. He gets paid. To, I'm Wait, saying it. He's paid too much. Our producer, our producer yeah. is a guy named Jay Ro Jason Ross. And the very first time I talked to Jason Ross, the very first conversation he had with me was telling me how great Spiridides and Jay Feely are and how tremendous <laughs> they are. And he doesn't understand why they don't do 17 games a year or 18 games. And he said, it's going to be hard for you to break in because the two of them just have outstanding chemistry and have such useful things to say. <laughs> Jason's right. They are. They're great. They're Jason underrated. Jason agrees with Jay. I'll say that, that. There's a big arrow next to both of their names and yours, too. Aditi Jay um, when you think of this of this matchup I know that in the past you've always been the special teams guy because that that was your world but you're you're um, as a color analyst when you look at this football game how do you break it down what, what what's going to win this game ultimately well Jay I, I love this game I can't wait and like you guys said the storylines are just so many and it's it's so juicy and you start looking into this game and you breaking it down you say okay where did Baker struggle last year outside of the injury? You know, and you look at how Stefanski called games, his lack of 12 personnel that he used so effectively the year before, you know, and you say, okay, how is his McAdoo going to use him now? And, and what is he going to uh, do to allow Baker to try to be his best? And, and then when I look at this Browns team, like, I think they're a really, really <coughs> good team, you know, outside of a couple of factors, you know, obviously with Deshaun Watson not being there for 11 games and Jacoby Brissett, the irony is that I did Jacoby's first start with the Patriots. I did his first start with the Colts. We did a, his game last year with the Dolphins, and we're doing this game. So uh, I've been the Jacoby Brissett fan club here calling games up in the booth. Um, I think they can win with him. I really do. And you look at their schedule, the first four games, it's the easiest schedule in the NFL. You know, it's all four winnable games, and they have to get out to a fast start because the end of the schedule is so tough. And you just try to look through those first 11 games and say, okay, what can we do to stay maybe above 500 through those first 11 games and keep ourselves in the playoff hunt? And obviously you got to rely on, on that offensive line as well as, as the running game, you know, and, and putting, and that's where Jacoby's effective when he is able to use play action, he can use his legs and you can roll him out and you're running the ball effectively. That's when he can be at his best. And, you know, this is a team that I think has the best defense, you know, in the league. I really do. I think the Browns, when you look at the combination of that secondary and, and you combine that with the, the edge players and being able to get off the edge with Miles Garrett, Clowney, and, and what they can do, maybe right this rookie, you know, who they're high on, you know, I, I think it's a defense that can be really scary and, and really good. And I think they're going to continue to get better because they got so much depth in that secondary to go along with that pass rush. Let me ask you both this question. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Adam, go ahead, I've got a yeah. question first go ahead. for Jay. Jay, so what's Jacoby's uh, record in those games that you've called? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me see. I have to think about it. He won the Patriots game. Uh, I don't think they won the Colts game, and they won the, the Dolphins game. So he's 2-1. 2-1. All right. So let me ask you this, both. Obviously, he's a quarterback. His strength is he doesn't turn the ball over. He manages the offense. The Browns have a great running game. I said before – I want to see them run 65% of the time. I know it's crazy. It's kind of unheard of in this NFL. 
But when you've got two of the five, in my opinion, five best running backs in the league, I think you do it. I want to see Chubb and Hunt get 40 touches between them. Is that crazy? Is that going too far for both of you? Well, you, you have to have balance, and you have to be able to keep a defense from knowing what you're doing. You know, but you do have to rely on them. And when you're getting, you know, five, six yards a carry, I mean, you look at Chubb, over five yards a carry in his career, it, it's just spectacular. When you look at the big runs, when you look at the home runs, the big hits, and how, how they're able to get explosive plays, I mean, that's that's all you really care about as an offensive play caller is how do we – how do we create explosive plays and protect the ball, protect the ball carrier? You know, and, and I think when you rely on those running backs, you're going to do that. And, and obviously your weakness is, is, is your depth and your, uh, your wide receiver position. You know, outside of Amari Cooper, and I'm a Michigan guy, so I like Donovan Peoples-Jones a lot, and he's developing and coming along. But, you know, after that, there's, no, there's a lot of uncertainty on that team. <laughs> Uh, Didi, how about you? Am I going too crazy? But no, 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 no. I, I agree with Jay on the bat. Why do you go sign Amari Cooper if you don't think that you can occasionally take advantage of that? You do have to keep that defense honest to some degree. Now, I don't know if Anthony Schwartz is going to stretch the field. I think the next ball he catches may be the first great catch that I see, but <laughs> he's due. He is due after that last preseason game. And I know that this isn't palatable to uh, Jay, but that young man out of Purdue, David Bell, he catches everything and is very mm-hmm. impressive. And so I could see them using him in the slot a little bit. Again, I think Adam 40 is a bit high. You want to see how the game goes. I think that you do need to keep that defense honest. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see him go deep to Amari Cooper early. 40 nice touches, little throw to Hunt. I mean, you can do that. Yeah, true. But I'd love to see Amari Cooper go shake somebody out of his shoes with one of his patented double moves and get them going a little bit. You know, that's the best way almost to get the run game going is by putting that defense on its heels a little bit, sending a message early. Aditi, I'm horrified that this team's, this offense is going to come out slow, the Browns, as they tend to do, especially in first games. And these guys haven't played together. They've, most of them literally haven't even been on the field together yet in anything, even in preseason games. Is that a, you think that's a legitimate concern or am I just uh, worrying over nothing? I mean, I think a Browns fans worry over nothing as a rule, <laughs> as a habit. And I do think B, it's legitimate. It's fair because what have you really seen? But again, remember preseason games are all vanilla. You're not really necessarily seeing anything. And uh, again, You've got a healthy quarterback who doesn't make a lot of mistakes, who doesn't need to manufacture a chip to get up for a game. You've got arguably one of the best offensive lines in the game, no matter who is playing at right tackle. You've got two outstanding running backs, as Adam just said, who you know can carry a load if necessary. You also added a number one receiver who is absolutely the personality that this team needs at number one receiver and is consistent in a way that you haven't really had in a number one receiver for a long time. And you have two tight ends. You just added a third one, by the way. How about Jesse James? Hey, Jay Feely, by the way, Jesse James caught that ball against the Patriots. Mm. It was a catch. (laughs) You just added a third tight end. You know, they're going to get more out of that tight end room than they got a year ago. Yeah. And and, and indeed, that plays to Jacoby's strengths. You know, I mean, he's not a guy that, you know, you want to try to throw the ball 20, 30 yards down the field continually. You want to play play action. You want to utilize his legs. You want to allow Amari Cooper to show off that route running that's so spectacular and allow him to take advantage of knowing where to go with the ball and and throwing those short passes and and allowing guys like Kareem Hunt and Amari Cooper and 
you know, Njoku and, and allow them to get the ball and, and use their legs and, and make plays. And I think that's what their game plan is going to be. They're going to try to come out. They may come out a little slow, you know, because they're trying to protect Jacoby Brissett, not put him in situations that are difficult for him early on. But, you know, I, I think this is an offense that can be effective. Jay, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Cade York. Um, that's that's your <laughs> wheelhouse. I love the kid. With the, when, when they drafted him, I said he's going to be the memorable pick in this entire draft. I've been mocked by my panel. It's been horrible. <laughs> they treat me. You can't believe how they treat me. They treat me worse than Skip Bayless used to treat us. Let's <laughs> um, not get nuts. Well, it's pretty close. <laughs> they, uh, I love the kid. And I know it was. I know it's practice, and and everybody wants to say, well, okay, so he hit a seventy-yarder in pregame last week. Look, before you can, it's it's like in golf. You can't make the putt if the putt doesn't get to the hole. I love this kid's leg. He's made pressure kicks. He picked it a big. He kicked it a big school. If you're giving him a grade from one to a hundred, where where are you on Cade York right now? Well, it, Jay, it's incomplete because it doesn't matter what you did in practice. No, based on what you've seen in college. It's what you do in games. seen in college. Yeah, you know, this is a guy who kicked three years at LSU and kicked really well and, and had a career long of 57 yards, has a big leg, and you need a guy like that. And if you feel like Mike Prefer knows kickers, and I played for Mike Prefer, I got a lot of respect for him and who he is, his knowledge of the game. And, you know, he, he, he was really excited to be able to go and get this young man and you know, to be able to come in and stabilize that position, hopefully for a long time. You know, you think back to Phil Dawson and, you know, the struggles that Cleveland has had, but how good he was consistently there. It's a difficult place to kick in Cleveland, game in and game out, when you're kicking on the grass and you have the wind and you have the cold later in the season. You know, so it's going to be a challenge for him. But, uh, you know, if he can stabilize that position, that's an asset, especially for a team that figures to play a lot of close ball games, trying to win games, you know, at the end of a game, you need a guy who can go in there and make those kicks. Aditi, uh, before we say goodbye, Jay took uh, took uh, Cade York in the sixth round of his fantasy That's draft. That's not true. Sixth <laughs> no, round. I did not. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but, hey, a but, kicker matters. I'll tell you, I was in the finals last year, and my kicker was the difference between my winning and losing. Never they do matter, but Br- Brad no. Sellers in our fantasy draft for the show did took him in him. the fifth round. It was the worst, <laughs> worst, <laughs> worst fantasy pick ever. I did take Cade York, but I got him with the very last right, pick, last 17 round. Thanks, Aditi. Uh, Aditi, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. All right, guys. Jay, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Jay, um, this 70 yards. Explain what that – obviously, the NFL record is 66 yards. What was your range? Right. What's the longest you ever hit a kick? Practice, game, whatever. Where, where were you? I think my longest was 73. I mean, when you go out to Denver, and, and we would always go back. Crater and I would, would always go back past 70 when we were warming up in Denver because you're at mile high and the ball flies out there. And – but you kind of get a feel every game and you get an idea of exactly how far you can kick each way, you know, especially when it's an outdoor game with wind and, you know, you may go and, okay, I can make it to 55 going this way and it's only 51 going that way. And you're going to tell your right. coach prior to the game so that he understands and he knows, you know, okay, inside of this, it's on me to make that kick. And, you know, especially if you're a veteran guy, those coaches in that conversation, you have those after warmups and, you know, he kind of knows exactly where you should be and where they should ask you, you know, to do something. And maybe they come to you and say, hey, we're outside that range, but do you think you can make it? The problem is I, I never once said no. <laughs> You're always going to say yes. <laughs> Hold on. I, I'm, I'm just sitting here looking at this. Put that, put that stat back <clears throat> up for real quick. Got you. It says you missed only three extra points, four, 449 out of 452. 
That's crazy. Can you recall those three missed extra points? And on, that he does. and on top of that, do you like the fact that they moved the extra point back? And what would your what would you think your total would have been if you they were yeah, under the same I rules? I probably had a few more misses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think it's separated. I think it's a good. I think it has been a very good move because it took a play that was basically a foregone conclusion and created drama, and it and it separated the really good kickers uh, from the ones you know, that, that weren't quite as good. I mean, you look at a guy like Justin Tucker, he doesn't miss him. You know I mean? He's so good and so consistently good, consistently excellent every year, um, you know, that, that moving that back it hasn't impacted him at all. It certainly has a cumulative effect. You know, when, when you miss a couple of kicks, whether they're extra points or field goals, it builds throughout the season. That pressure does. And, and so it adds three or four kicks a year that you miss that adds on to those missed field goals, and that makes it more difficult. But that also highlights why, the great kickers are paid what they are now and why teams value them so much. Who's got the edge in this in this game Sunday on special teams? I know that you even though you're, you know, the color analyst and you're focusing on everything, I know you still look at special teams and and that a lot of times that decides football games. Is there is there a team that has an advantage Sunday? Well, I think losing Jakeem Grant was tough. You know, that's a guy that can yeah. be you know, a home run hitter. He's so dangerous with the ball. And, and you kind of don't know exactly what you're going to get now in, in the return game. Uh, you know, I think with the depth that Cleveland has uh, on defense, when you look at that secondary, the linebacking core, um, their ability to take a lot of those players and put them on special teams and utilize them, they're going to have a very good special teams unit. Um, you know, I, I like Andre Roberts. I think I played with Andre. You know, Andre is the consistent pro, consummate pro, you know, a guy who if you give him an opportunity, he's going to make a big play. Um, you know, but, you know, having a rookie kicker and, and understanding that, uh, you know, it's his first game. You just don't know how a guy's going to respond, you know, in those situations, even though he played it at LSU and even though he played in big games against Alabama. And, you know, but when, when you look at Carolina, they got a guy in Eddie Pinero who has bounced around a lot and has not had consistency as well right. so they're kind of both unproven at the kicker position do you remember your first kick of course oh yeah absolutely what was going through uh, your mind when you, you were on the field well i went out there we were playing at san francisco and they had another rookie kicker as well so the two of us were i think we both had, you know missed like half our kicks and warm-ups we we had the worst <laughs> warm-up ever uh, and then, of course, the game went to overtime. They got the kick in overtime and won it. But, uh, you know, to go out there and you make that first one, it's, Jay, it's like getting called up and it's your first time pitching. It's that first batter. You think you're good enough. You think you can do it. You've done all the work. But until you go out there and you prove it, you know, and, and you strike the guy out, you, you don't really know if you have the stuff. And, and that's kind of how it is with me. It actually took me probably a couple of years to feel like I belonged, you know, okay. a couple of years to feel like, okay, like I can really do this and I'm as good as anybody else out there. Wow. Jay, take us inside the locker room for Baker V the Browns defense who had, they obviously didn't know each other. Well, maybe there's some bad blood. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, who has the, in general, I mean, I guess you never know specifically, but for years you were in the locker room. You've probably seen situations like this. You've been in situations like this. Who do you think has the edge uh, in knowing each other, if you will? Well, I think it's fascinating. And that to me is I can't wait for this game because of that. And when you look at Miles Garrett, obviously he wants to get after Baker. And, you know, Baker wants to have a great game against the Browns because they gave up on him. And I kind of like the fact that he's being honest about, 
you know, wanting to get back at his team. I was always honest about that. Like any team that gave up on me or cut me, I wanted to have an unbelievable game, you know, when I played against them. And I think that's natural. And I think guys who try and downplay it, they're just not being honest. Um, but when, when you sit there and you talk about Baker, okay, he knows, you know, how a guy like Denzel Ward plays and what he likes to do and when he wants to jump routes. And he understands, you know, a lot of these young guys are going to play a lot, you know, for this Browns defense. And so I think he can take advantage of that secondary, but that defense understands Baker and they know what his strengths are, especially that coaching staff. They understand what he does well. They understand what defenses he doesn't like, what coverage he doesn't like, you know, what confuses him. I think the Browns have the advantage because of the information that they can have and that, that Joe Woods can go out there and, and implement and use to their advantage because they do know Baker so well. What's who at the end of the day, I know that we've got the stars. So minus the McCaffreys and Baker and for the Browns, Chubb, Hunt, who do you think is going to be the pivotal player that decides this game? Who 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 is that going to be on Sunday? Well, when you have a rookie at left tackle for Carolina going up against Miles Garrett, uh, he, he's a dominating physical run blocker, but he's a work in progress as a pass blocker. That's a tough opening game for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you sit there and you say, okay, you got you to gotta keep Miles Garrett off of Baker Mayfield and, and a very motivated Miles Garrett, <laughs> I think that matchup will decide the game. You know, I, I think his ability to slow down Miles Garrett, if he can, you know, and allow Baker to be able to function – is going to determine that game because if, if, if Miles Garrett can do whatever he wants and, 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 you know, he's been able to go up against Brian Burns, you know, they're, they're very good defense alignment as well. And I think that's probably helped him a lot, but, but Miles Garrett's a different beast, you know, and he covers so much ground. He's got such a quick get off. He's got that little Euro step and, you know, he can do so many different things, you know, to confuse a guy and to get quickly by him, you know, that I think, uh, you know, he, he's going to, he's going to have it unbelievable game you know I really think I mean he's got to be licking his chops going up against a rookie and and understanding he wants to get after Baker Mayfield the only thing that can be better than the season beginning with Carolina and the the Cleveland Browns is if it ends that way too can you imagine that storyline <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no a, chance. a guy can dream. A guy no can dream. Chance. A guy well, no can dream. For the, for the Panthers. Maybe oh, the I see. You're saying that the Browns can get there, but the Panthers can't. Well, if, when Deshaun Watson comes back, if they're still in the hunt, I think the Browns can get there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're not the favorites. They shouldn't be. They have a bad. You, you remember know, subpar four months ago when we did we were doing the show, and, yeah. and we asked the question, "What's your dream scenario yeah. for Game One?" And I said, "My dream scenario is the same as my nightmare scenario. It's Cleveland at Carolina against Baker Mayfield and the Panthers." It's come to fruition. Yes. Four months from now, if it's Cleveland Can't and Carolina wait. in the Super Bowl, I want you to know you hear, heard it here first. All right. <laughs> yep, you called it, man. <laughs> I'm going to go lay 10000 on that action yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Jay, you're awesome. Hey, before I let uh, you go, how's pleasure. the golf game going? You still scratch? No, it's it's a struggle. I, I, me and my driver aren't friends right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're not on speaking terms, or you are, but you just can't say That's what you're right. telling That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, join the club. <laughs> Jay, great to see you again. Have Thanks, a great Jay. call Sunday. Hey, We're guys. all going to be listening, man. Thanks, man. Great to talk to you. Take care. Jay yep. Feely.